Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership. That's not true. Panic Room. Um, Panic Room. We are Something not at like the mothership. Panic room. <laughs> well, then, we, you know what? Yeah. Oh, so oh, I, I like t- coming to you from the DCTF headquarters in question mark. I like that. Um, yeah. From an undisclosed location, it is Texas <laughs> Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, making us sound good today, twisting and tweaking. She is the Duchess of the Dorks, Ashley Pickle. Howdy, howdy. Here we are. How are you? Another show. Good. You holding well. up okay? Yeah. I think I've started to get more in a routine of doing this, so it's not as like, what am I doing here? Like now, it's just like, okay, I've got it. It's time to move on, accept it, and uh, just kind of live life. <laughs> I think that that's the biggest thing is that basically, I'm okay with things just like not being normal, but I need mm-hmm. a rhythm. I need a routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that now I'm starting to settle into a routine. The problem is for Noah, uh, is that she is still not no there. They're they're in the process of figuring out what the distance learning thing is going to be for them. Right. And so there's still just a lot. So there's no still, routine. Um, right. There's almost no routine. And so, um, yeah. in any case. I think, uh, today, I think that's what ahead. it was. I said, I think that's what it is. Like once I started finding like an actual daily routine, it felt more normal. Yeah. Uh, today is Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. 247 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 927. 927, the Danny Santana episode. On today's show, guys, uh, big time guest joining us here in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I had the great pleasure of talking with Joel Anderson of Slate. Joel Anderson um, is a pretty remarkable guy. Um, in fact, let me send out that tweet so I can promote it. And Kablamo. <laughs> um, he's a pretty remarkable guy. He is a guy who was a um, a star football player at Houston Strake Jesuit. He then mm-hmm. went and played football at TCU uh, as a running back, where he was um, maybe uh, maybe not the best running back on campus, 
uh, because they had a guy yeah. named Ladanian Tomlinson at the time. Um, hmm, and he has now transitioned into being, um, I think one of the, you know, one of the most entertaining, most engaging writers in, in America, in my opinion. I, I, I love yeah. everything that Joel Anderson does. And then beyond that, he worked for ESPN or for a few different places. He now works for Slate, slate.com. And if you're interested, what, what people may know him most for these days is he was the creator and host of Slow Burn Season 3. Slow Burn is a podcast by uh, Slate. And I believe the first one went through Watergate. The second one went through the Clinton impeachment. And the third one, the season three that um, Mr. Anderson, that Joel was the host of, uh, tackled the Tupac and Biggie story, which is, it's an unbelievable listen. If it's really, really good. So go listen to Slow Burn mm-hmm. season three. Uh, but we talked with, I talked with Joel Anderson yesterday um, and had a great conversation with him about all of those things and more including his claim that he was the fastest 10-year-old in America in 1988. So <laughs> we will hear from Joel coming up here at the back half of the program. A couple of, of very short things, and then we'll get to, to Joel Anderson. Check out TexasFootball.com. A lot of great stuff on there, including uh, mm-hmm. Copper's Cove has made a hire. we got a piece up on that. Uh, Plano's about to make a hire. We'll have yes. that breaking news on TexasFootball.com here very soon. Um, I have a piece up about Wolfer's friendship, uh, an inside the program piece. I talk with Coach Jay Northcutt uh, and, and learn more about the Tigers, their uh, their breakout 2019 and what it means for 2020. Um, and then Shahan Jayaraja has his way too early 2020 season prediction for the Texas Longhorns. Beyond that, we're and in Wells. the Sweet 16 of our uh, helmet challenge. Will's article on uh... – yeah. On there was a what school did he play for? I don't even remember. But there was a student athlete that got diagnosed with cancer, and Will talked with their program, and it is a phenomenal article yes. about his life. Yes, it's Buta Hayes. Um, it's called All In for Jake: How Communities Compassion Helped Texas High School Football Player Overcome Cancer. It's a great, great story that you definitely need mm-hmm. to check on at TexasFootball.com. Uh, certainly worth it. It's a stop down and read type story. Uh, I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. So very well said. So, uh, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Uh, become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash Insider. All right, enough of that. Had a great conversation yesterday with Joel Anderson of Slate. Um, uh, talked about a whole lot of things, including football in Texas, as well as um, he lives in the Bay Area, so he's got a, he's like they're like ground zero for for yeah. COVID nineteen. So I talked to him about that. A lot of great conversation uh, here with uh, Joel Anderson. Here's my conversation with Slate's Joel Anderson here on Texas Football Today. Everything is bad, but this gives us the opportunity to bring on guests that we otherwise probably wouldn't be able to bring on. And with that, I'm pleased to welcome in the pride of Houston straight Jesuit. Uh, our, our favorite all-time Crusader running back. Uh, you know him from Slate Magazine. Uh, it is uh, Joel Anderson. Joel, appreciate your time, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Great. Look at that right there. Yes. Representing, representing the chain. Loving it. Right here. Um, I guess, first and foremost, you're in the Bay Area. Um, mm-hmm. how, how are you? How are How's your scene? 
Well, I mean, so I live in Palo Alto, which is in Santa Clara County, which is the hardest hit in terms of most people that have tested positive for COVID-19, has the most deaths. Um, so we're right, we're sort of near ground zero uh, in terms of, you know, at least California, which is under a shelter in place order now. And it's really eerie. You know, I mean, I, you know, you know, some parts of life are roughly the same. I mean, it's still beautiful outside. Um, you know, a lot of people in this part of the country work from home anyway because it's, you know, tech heavy, all that sort of stuff. But um, on the whole, if you go like I'm not too far from a major thoroughfare and there's no traffic, there's not as much foot traffic as there was, you know, even a few days ago. Um, people are afraid to be outside. And uh, as a result, the air quality is great. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's, it's it's refreshing outside, but it's still just terrifying, you know. No, I can I can certainly imagine. You know, it feels like we're we're all kind of getting there, you know. And I think that it, you know, you 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 guys got it before we did, and and it feels like, you know, I think everybody's paying attention to Italy, and they're thinking like, oh, you know, we're keeping we're just a few weeks behind them. And it feels like for other parts of the uh, the country, like especially here in Texas, like we're just a couple of weeks maybe behind California and Washington and New York. Oh yeah, absolutely. I talk to my parents, you know, pretty I'm trying to every day now. And yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, just trying to get them used to the idea that, oh no, you actually cannot go to Walmart right now. Like it's not, it's irresponsible for you to be out if you don't have to be. Dad, you have to stop your Pilates classes, all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, they're, they're going to learn and I hope you guys get through it. I mean, I, in some ways I think I'm hoping California will be sort of a model because it's it's bad and you don't want to overlook the tragedies and the deaths already, but like maybe it won't be as bad as it would have been had people out here not taking it seriously. Well, let's talk about happier things. Let's talk yeah. about a little bit, a little bit about you know you are you're a Texas guy. We mentioned you 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 went to Strake down there in the Houston area. How how connected are you still to uh to to the state? Yeah, I mean I come home you know three four times a year. Uh, I it used to be. A few years ago, before work got in the way, I would always try to come home for at least one high school football game a year with my father. And my dad lives, strangely enough, he lives near Galena Park, North Shore. Okay. So he's adopted North Shore, like really over the last 15 years, he adopted North Shore as like his team because it's close to him. So we would go watch North Shore play because uh, it was just easier for that. So um yeah, man, I'm I'm really connected to home. You know, I I come back, I I get uh, you know, real estate listings from Houston all the time showing me like how ridiculous rent, you know, I pay out here in comparison to what I could afford back home in Houston. So, yeah, man, Houston is home and it'll always be home and I'm always trying to find ways to get back home. Now I got to tell you for your dad to to stumble upon like <laughs> North Shore as his as his high school football team. Isn't it crazy? And I think even it was before Bobby Reed, like before Bobby Reed, that first state championship that they won there, he was, you know, on them. And I mean, when I was growing up, it was like guys like Corey Redding. Um, I'm trying to think of the running back they had. They went to Texas A&M, DeAndre something. I cannot remember his name. Uh, no, Tiki Hardeman. Tiki Hardeman yes. was the name of the guy that, that went to uh, North Shore. He was like their first great running back. And so, yeah, we – I still was very familiar with North Shore and the culture over there. But, yeah, like, my dad got in at the ground floor. And, you know, he's always been on the bandwagon. So he didn't just hop on in the last couple of years. He's been there. And so you go from Strake, where you were a star running back, and now you go to TCU. And, and hey, listen, TCU puts out great running backs. Things yeah, are going – 
it sounds like it's all going to be positive. Top of the depth chart, things are going to be oh, God. things are going to be okay for you at TCU. No, no, that didn't quite work out. Well, I mean, it's funny <laughs> you say they put out great running backs because I mean they put out the greatest running back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I so I came in class of '96. Class '97 was Ladanian Tomlinson. And, uh, <laughs> which, you know, I mean, you have a lot of illusions about like the kind of athlete you are when you, when you're in high school and you're really good and you get to college and you're like, Oh, I never thought that I was overwhelmed as an athlete, but I saw Ladanian and I was like, Oh, I'll never be that good. Like it was just, just, mm-hmm. you get that, but you're like, maybe there'll be some sort of break or I'll transfer somewhere and I can stumble into the NFL somewhere. But you look at Ladanian and you're just like, Oh. I, I cannot do that. There was actually another guy when I got there that was ahead of me on the depth chart because I was very low on the depth chart. A guy named Basil Mitchell who was out of Mount Pleasant. And he was the Sun Bowl MVP in 1998, like when TCU beat uh, USC and Carson Palmer. He played in the NFL for a couple of years. The guy before him was a guy named Andre Davis who was uh, kind of like a Heisman. No, he wasn't a Heisman finalist, but he was like all Southwest Conference running back. So, yeah. TCU always had great running backs. And I, you, you go there and think, oh, you'll figure out a way. But then there are a lot of other people that go there and think they're going to figure out a way too, you know? Um, we're talking with Joel Anderson and Slade here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. Uh, so then football kind of, you know, there, there's a freight train named Ladanian that, that maybe keeps you from seeing the field. I'm interested, how did you make that transition from, you know, football player and guy who obviously was playing at a pretty high level to then focusing on on journalism, obviously an outstanding journalism school there at TCU. Uh, how, what was that transition like? So uh, I realized that I did not love football, and um, I had yeah I, I was taking I was a journalism major when I came in, but lightly taking classes. And so um, when I knew that I didn't want to do it anymore, and in fact, uh, it, it, Coach Patterson was going to move me defensive back. Like Coach French and Coach Patterson were going to move me to defensive back because, you know, they play at 4 2 5. Mm-hmm. And so they need a lot of safeties. And I was like, oh, I, they're just turning me into camp meet. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and uh, so I remember, <laughs> I just remember thinking, I was like, well, let me see if I can try to do this journalism thing. And I went over there and the chair of the journalism department liked me. And, you know, I paid attention in class and showed up. And uh, so he got me a job in the journalism department and helped me find some money. And um, I just told Coach Schultz, who was the running backs coach then, I think Coach Schultz was the most recently the head coach at Lamar University. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was the running backs coach at, at TCU by the time I left. And uh, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And he was like, all right, well, give us your playbook. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I went over there. <laughs> and I went over there and I went to the journalism department and went to the school newspaper, and they found a beat for me, which was the football team. But that's how I got started. And, uh, you know, that next summer, I got an internship at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, and that's really how I got into it. You know, I always knew I wanted to be a journalist or a sports writer, and it just kind of fell into place right after that. Um, uh, Of course, that that leads you to to ESPN, a variety of different places. Now it's Slate, where I think people – I think if people know you recently, they probably know you from your outstanding season three of, of Slow Burn. Thank you. Uh, the podcast, which was unbelievable about, about Tupac and Biggie. Uh, how did you get into that story? I mean, obviously, I think even for people who don't necessarily follow hip hop, it's an unbelievable, just like human story. But, but how did you decide to really like dive into to, to the story of Tupac and Biggie? 
Well, actually, it was decided for me. Okay, ah. so I, yeah, I, I, I was working at ESPN, as you mentioned, um, and we're going into spring. And as you know, spring is a buildup to the fall in football, in college football, but also it can just be kind of slow. And so uh, Slate reached out to me, and they were like, hey, we got this great project. We think you might be interested in it. I'm like, I'll take any phone call. And so uh, they brought it up. And at first I was like, there's no way I'm leaving ESPN. It's like ESPN's great. Like you have access. The great thing about ESPN is that everybody answers your phone call and emails. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm not leaving that. This is great. But um, the more and more I talked about it with my friends, in fact, my old high school quarterback, uh, I was talking about it with him. And, um, and he's a big time dude in Major League Baseball. I'm not going to say who he is now, but he's like gone on to do some things. And anyway, he was just like, that just sounds cool. And all my friends were just really excited about it. I'm like, well, maybe this is something that I should consider seriously. So I, I decided to do it. And uh, man, it was just fascinating. I mean, yeah, for all the reasons that people are interested in them or the reasons I, I, were, I was interested in, you know, those were those two guys provided the soundtrack to my life. They were two of the most famous people in the 90s um, as I was growing up. I listened to all their music, still listen to their music. And the idea that I would get to apply some journalism to their story and telling their story uh, really appealed to me. Uh, so, yeah, that's how I got into it. You know, like me listening to it, I, I like hip hop and, and I, I follow it. And I felt like, oh, I, I understand the Tupac and Biggie story. Like, you know, I get it. I know what I know what happened. And man, it felt like every single episode I was learning like five or six new things I had like no idea about. Like even from your perspective in the researching was it a similar situation for you. Yeah. I mean, I think that was how I got started because, you know, you read about in the 1990s, when we were familiar with the story, there just weren't nearly as many outlets or ways to find out information or how people were interconnected and how they knew each other. And so I was sort of coming at it with a fresh set of eyes. I'd watch movies and documentaries or whatever, but like I still didn't know the real. So I have, and in fact, right here behind me, I have a pile of 30 books, 30 books deep on Tupac and Biggie. And I just sort of plumbed those depths. And then from that, I found, I made a contact list about a whole bunch of people to talk to. And so yeah, over and over again, I was finding out stories about them that were incredible or, you know, talking to Tupac's wife. Not a lot of people know that Tupac was married while he was in prison and I uh, make an establishing a relationship with her. We didn't get her on the podcast, but um, she was helpful. Uh, things like that. Just all, every, yeah, pretty much every time I called somebody, Every time I read something, there was something new, some little kernel of information that I did not know before. Um, people who follow you on Twitter also know that you are a um, you're a big TCU fan, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. yeah, man. What are what are we going to do with these frogs, man? How how are we feeling about the frogs heading into 2020? Uh, like, I obviously we cover TCU here at Dave Campbell's, and 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 you know we're rooting for pretty much every team in the state of Texas. And I got to tell you, that that wasn't particularly fun to watch most of most, most oh, weeks. Man, you know, for the last two years, it's been like this, right? And so I should establish, I love TCU, will always love TCU, even if they're three and nine from here on out, right? And I'm sort of realistic. Like, I understand that TCU can only be great in certain contexts. I know that it requires OU to not be operating at, at peak efficiency. It requires UT to not be operating at peak efficiency and all these other schools. Like they're just not going to beat LSU for five-star recruits, right? So we have to do the best that we can with what we got. But the offense the last couple of years has just been, it's been so frustrating to watch. And I don't like to make 
talk about college kids and I don't want to be overly critical, but I just was like, man, if, if, if the current quarterback situation, if that's what we're going to do next year, then I just think we're going to be in for a lot of the same heartache. And it's just disappointing. We had TCU had two running backs that played in the senior bowl, two, two running backs that went to the NFL combine. They have a receiver that is conceivably a first round draft pick. They have a pretty fairly decent offensive line and put guys consistent to the league. And it's the quarterback situation that has held us back. And, you know, I guess I owe Kenny Hill a mea culpa. I was very frustrated with him when he was there. You know, I, I was just like, I, I just did not fully trust him. But now I see um, that he was a very good college quarterback, and I should have appreciated it for what it was. It's Joel Anderson, Joel Anderson of Slate joining us. One last question for you. Um, it, uh, I've got a podcast pulled up here that you were on. You were on with uh, The Right Time with Bamani Jones. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the great, the great Bamani Jones, and it's a great listen. And you subscribe to his podcast wherever you can. And he, um, this was back in August of this past year, and you made the bold claim oh, that um, you were the uh, the fastest ten year old in America in 1988. Yeah, this is real life right here, man. Not a lie. I, I, I have. I have the certificate that shows that a thing, and that I I can provide <laughs> a sources that will testify. You have receipts. True, I have receipts. Um, and, and it's not. I mean, I peaked early. I peaked at ten. You know what I mean? So let's. You know, I'm not saying that like I was a, a great athlete after that, but yeah, I was the fastest ten year old in the country. Uh, I think my time was thirteen point three seven, and. Um, yeah, man, that's pretty. I, you know, back in the day, I, at this point, I don't think that is a time you, you can see the evolution of children because I think that time <laughs> maybe it would get me to nationals, but it, I wouldn't be the fastest. But it was a really good time back then. I, okay, but you're a former. I was good, high- man. I, I was I was burning. You- no, I, I I trust you. Wait, now, my, again, I was just gonna say I trust you. I believe you. But here's my question now, uh-huh. because you're a okay. former college athlete. You are a former high school star, mm-hmm. and now you hang out with dopes in the sports writing world. <laughs> we are all mostly doughy. That, that's my world. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, in some ways, I never thought of myself as a jock. Like, I do think of myself like, you know, I could kind of handle myself. You know, I work out, yeah. still do my thing. But I'm still, like, fundamentally a dude who's been complaining about athletes on TV who are much better than me my entire life. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so my question is, what percentage of sports writers oh. are you talking about? What, what are we talking top, top, top 2%, top, top 5%? How are you feeling? In terms of my athleticism? Yeah. Right okay. Now. Right now. So, okay. <laughs> a, a, a key distinction needs to be made here. Are we talking about people like, is Randy Moss considered a media personality? No, 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 okay. no. Let's just right. say that that non guys who have their analyst jobs because they played at the highest level, guys who okay. are, are are you know sports journalists by by their first choice. Okay. Oh, I feel top two, top two percent, maybe top one. Yeah, I man. I still I work out five six days a week, lift weights. Get. I mean, I'm still pretty fast. You know, I I don't have great wind. I'm not a great, you know a long distance guy. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, man. I'm 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 doing all right over here. You know, say the thing. I live in the Bay, man. It's perfect for being outside all the time. So I might as well. 
right. He's Joel Anderson of Slate. Follow him on Twitter at by Joel Anderson. Joel, man, really appreciate your time. Please stay safe out there, and uh, and, and thanks for, for giving us a little bit of your time. Oh, likewise. It was a dream, man. I grew up reading Texas football, man, so thanks for having me on, Greg. There he is, Joel Anderson. Um, what a guy. <laughs> man, I told y'all. I have gotten this as soon as I, He's said, cool. I got this last, and I said, This is gonna this is not gonna surprise you guys, but that was awesome. And uh yeah, it was it was really, really good. Um and and he's 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 a cool guy and a guy who obviously has a, a, a really cool history and, and a connection to, to football in the state of Texas and has uh turned into mm-hmm. a star and it's it's really, really cool. And again, I cannot recommend enough. If you have not I mean, I think it's like seven or eight episodes. Um, a slow burn season three. It's about Tupac Shakur and, and, and Biggie Smalls and their beef and kind of the story of how they both ended up in the context around um, them both ending up dead. And it's a remarkable. Mm-hmm. So uh, appreciate Joel Anderson helping all that. That was a, that was a. I like that you uh, referred to sports writers as doughy. <laughs> that, that was Tell good. Me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're not. You're not. I know, I know I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, okay. <laughs> and now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thought. Um, one, I don't know if it came out yet, but Step had teased earlier before that interview that there is an East Texas step bomb coming. He said in about 20 minutes. So it should be coming very soon, if not already out there. Um, the other thing was, is Ed had asked yesterday that trivia question. He came back with a response. So here is the long response from Ed. He said yesterday's trivia, which former Super Bowl star was the all time single season rushing leader in Texas high school football before Kenneth Hall answer in 1949, Max McGee of the white Oak roughnecks rushed for 3,048 yards in 12 games, leading white Oak to the regional championship in super bowl in super bowl. Despite being hung over McGee caught seven passes for 138 yards and two touchdown passes for the Packers. He also starred in track winning state in shot put discus and running legs on two state championship, uh, relay teams his senior year. So, there's your answer there with go. quite Max a bit McGee about the story. Thank answer. you, Ed. Um, thank you. Yeah. Good. If you've got, tri- if you've got trivia, uh, this is the time. Unleash hell in the comments. We, we love trivia. Yes, we, we love it. Um, um, yeah. um, you got anything else, homie? No. I did read through the office thing. Um, it's good. It's, there was uh, uh, Tots number 19. Why is that? Because it is. Why? That's the, that's the worst episode. Scott yeah, Johnson's that's very true. Also, Booze Cruise is good. Booze Cruise needed to be seated higher. It was at the 14th seed. I love Booze Cruise. So, yeah. anyway, there's hey, there's Mr. my Scott, real final thoughts. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> no, 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 true. no. Shut it down. <laughs> it's, it's, did you, I told you. Did I tell you that there's a? Or maybe it was you that told me that there's a Reddit, uh, a, a subreddit uh, dedicated to that. Mm, it wasn't it's me. Like, I didn't tell you. Okay, there is a Reddit uh, that's called "I Can't Watch Scott's Tots," and it is entirely dedicated to people having a discussion about how they cannot watch Scott's Tots. Yeah, no, I completely like you said when y'all when you and uh, Tep Wife were going back through it, you you were like, "Yeah, we're rewatching the Pause. the Office," and then it was like, and then like about a week later, you go, "Okay, 
we finally sat down and we made it through it. <laughs> Which so I respect bad. you for not just skipping it. Like, if no, you're going to watch it all the way through, you got to suffer. I'm a completionist. What can I say? Um, all right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Thanks very much to Joel Anderson of Slate. Follow him on Twitter at ByJoelAnderson. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.